record. <clears throat> and welcome to Live from America podcast. This is your favorite host, Hatem, and uh, the optimistic one. And the depressed one is Mr. Norm Dorman, the owner of the legendary comedy Cellar. Former. And he's not in a too bad of a mood today. He's all right, I think. Uh, no. Go ahead. And the return of one of my favorite comedians that sometimes return my calls, sometimes he doesn't, but he, I still like him. Uh, the one and only John Lester. Uh, very funny comedian. can watch him all over Comedy Central. Of course, the Comedy Cellar uh, when it's back, which will be back very soon. Welcome back. saying that for seven months already. as i mentioned to the listener i'm the optimistic one and our guest of honor uh uh, mr jeffrey tucker (laughs) he is the editorial director of the american institute for the economic research and author of the bestseller liberty or lockdown welcome sir yeah yes thanks Thanks Welcome for having to, me. It's so, so nice to be here. Nice to be here. Nice. Welcome to the show. Uh, very happy to have you. Uh, great book. Very, very interested. I, I wanted to get a lot of. Well, I, well, hold on. Is there is there an Arabic translation? Because otherwise, I'm calling bullshit right at the top of this goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on the audio book. You know, I mean, it's like, have you ever done an audio book? Audio books are very hard. Have you ever done one? That's incredible. You think we all know how to read, right? You think it'd be easy enough? Just, oh, I'll just read. But actually, it's really tricky. Uh, you get exhausted, you get tired, you get you know, you, you you make mistakes. It's like I can't even read my own stuff without making a mistake all the time. So most people I know they hire actors actually to do the reading. Well, but everybody wanted me to do it in my voice, you know. So which I wanted to do because it's the most important book I've ever written. Written, but I tell you what, it is a slog. Uh, hour, day after day after day, reading this thing, you know, and it's like I can only do two or three chapters at once, and I would just want to collapse. Yeah, actually, I have a question about that. Surely, yeah. as you're reading it out loud, because Reading it out loud is different than reading it in your mind. You must right. come across sentences where you pause, where there was no comma, or the comma was like where you say, "Oh shit, I didn't, I yeah. didn't quite do it the way I heard it." No, all the time. I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing that's inter- interesting is like some some chapters. So what what I try to do is imagine that I'm reading to a child, you know, uh, like a like a bedtime story. In 2006, George W. Bush invited epidemiologists to the White House. Some understood medicine, some did not. You know, that kind of thing? <laughs> no, whatever. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because it was exactly what I was going to say. Because I, I read now uh, an, almost an hour a night out loud to my kids at bedtime, at least yeah. five, six days a week. And we've been reading the whole Harry Potter uh, series. And it's, it's really an interesting, like, I've learned to really mind the commas my mind the punctuation and it really does come out nicely she's very good she's very good well you know it's funny because you know you face this decision like early on um early on i was like okay do i want to be just like reading words so that people just can kind of listen to words or do i want to you know do it like a like a you know, with a certain amount of theater you know and and i and i thought well i can't i can't just read words it's kind of boring but but i started with this kind of grandiose style you know and uh, but then uh, by chapter 10 i started yeah just reading the book well my audio editor came to me and said you got to redo 10 that's the most boring thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that that the only problem you guys have reading is stopping at the comma you know that's the <laughs> that's the biggest issue while i'm trying to figure out the words 
By the way, oh. let's get into let's get into libertarianism and the and the lockdown. But I just want to say one other story. I, I haven't actually heard it myself. I've been meaning to, but apparently Tracy Morgan read his own audio book. Mm. And apparently, you know, he, as he was reading, you know, Tracy Morgan, he couldn't control himself and he started riffing and and and, and getting emotional yeah, yeah. and telling other stories and going off on tangents. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I just think it's, it's okay. a funny story that he, he couldn't control himself as he's reading the story. You think, he's like, you think it's okay to do that? I mean, you think I should be sure. doing that? Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to think I should do that too. You know, I'm reading along with like, you know, there's another point here. You know, I should do that probably. Absolutely, it's okay. I'll, I'll have to check with my editors to make sure. But I think, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like, what are you paying for? You know, you you, you want the real deal, not some, some, you know, some. if you want just a voice reading words, you can print, there's a, like, we have programs for, we have there's an app for that, right? So it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, as I mean, I, I, they're, they're probably, because, you know, corporate, they're probably going to tell you not to do it. But as a consumer, what consumer yeah. would say, no, I don't want to hear anything new that the I author has. Like, ext extemporaneous, spontaneous. Yeah, yeah, I don't, don't want to know what he. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and, and especially if he's having second thoughts about something he's written or, know, right? or new information <laughs> has come out that might be uh, pertinent. No, I don't want to know. You know I want a snapshot of, of five years ago when he wrote it. One of the things that confuses me slightly is because I'm like all of you, you know, we're all learning about immunology, virology, and fascinated with public health issues and the behavior of viruses. I've read like three books on uh, cell biology by, by now, you know, like I never thought I would do this. But in the book, I have, I mentioned a lot of strange uh, pathogens with like names that are this long and diseases that with names this long. And I have to sound them out, you know. <laughs> Hyper <laughs> so confusing, you know. Yeah, it's probably words you never said out loud before. I've never wrote. said them out loud before. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I get tripped up on the on the on sometimes on the science stuff. The, the story stuff is a lot easier for me. I because because I, I do tell a lot of stories in the book, you know. Um, uh, you know, my last day in New York, right, uh, March twelfth. That was that was a very interesting day. By the way, I just went back a couple of days ago. Um, and the contrast between March 12th and now is, it's very interesting just to compare them because those two things. Um, I'm still just sitting here astonished that we, we got rid of New York for seven months. We're like, wh what the hell? I mean, it's not even civilization without Broadway and so on. I mean, it's like, you can't go to the movies? What, what is this? But it's very interesting how- John, John is laughing and, and he's thinking whiteness, right as you, right as- Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so sorry for you. Can't go to Broadway. Well, you know what? thing going on. I was, I was, I was thinking white this second, but my first thought was, "Fuck Broadway." What about comedy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, my, I know how John first, thinks. My first thought was, "Fuck Broadway." What about us? And then I was thinking whiteness. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking white man. <laughs> so go ahead. Sorry, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so yeah yeah so you know but it was funny is that uh, even today in new york you know like it's funny you could you go into restaurants now and they're allowing indoor dining you know they, oh because the health officials know that you can only put 25 percent of the people in the room you know because they're so wise they're so intelligent de blasio knows how to mitigate disease you don't um so they 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 they're these overlords and so anyway you can eat indoors in, in new york uh up to a certain extent but <laughs> what's funny is you walk in and they do these perfunctory temperature checks like <sighs> yeah all the time i'm deathly ill and i go to dinner right oh i fail i fail i failed to stay home this time so it's ridiculous and they're like well we need your name and your number for contact tracing i swear you could say mickey mouse and they'd write it down and just make yeah. it 
I mean, they're not, you know, it's just, New York is just still just New York. Uh, but it's, 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 it's not that bad, though, because I just started dating this girl recently. And I tell you, like, dating without going to dinners or movies or anything is it's pretty cool. Like, you don't spend shit, you know? You're just home the whole time. <laughs> That's right. We've all saved a lot of money. That's true. Shameless plug that he's got a new girl. <laughs> and, and, and Does she point, know about your heart condition? No, of course not. I said that this car, I was a, a prisoner of war. Because uh, I got the, all these cars. If I was her, I'd want you to sign a disclaimer or something before I slept with you, <laughs> like a roller coaster well, ride. Say, I mean, isn't isn't it part of our social protocol? You disclose all diseases before. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. I hope she's not listening. You know, but it's funny. I went to I went to the mosque for the first time the last time, and they asked me to sign my name, and I swear to God, I wanted to write Noam Dormant so bad. <laughs> All right, so 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 so, Mr. Tucker. Well, if you were in charge of uh, um, national uh, COVID policy, yeah. Well, there's a few ways to approach it. What what would you do now? What would you have done? And how many how many deaths would we have had uh, compared to the status quo if you had been in charge? Uh, as far as I can tell from the science science, the lockdowns have made no difference whatsoever in the deaths. I mean, let's just say that there's not been a single study produced that's pr proven uh, in a, in a valid way that lockdown saved a single life. So I, I think it would have been identical. Actually, if Cuomo hadn't forced uh, COVID patients into the nursing homes, we might have saved a, 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 few, a, ten, a few tens of thousands of lives. You know, So there's your real source of death. I mean, yeah. like in Connecticut alone, 80% of the deaths occurred in long-term care facilities. And of course, the national average age of death is, is 80. <clears throat> Around the world is 82. Uh, we have a thousand-fold difference between the risks of the young and the old. You know what's extraordinary about this? You won't believe what I'm about to tell you. I mean, like, it's astonishing. The models that were predicting, like, six million dead and, and demanding lockdowns and social distancing and all this crap, they presumed homogeneous risk. In other words, everyone is equally susceptible to disease, and their susceptibility estimates were, were based on 2002, 2003 uh, SARS-CoV-1 which turns out to be quite a deadly disease. So the model builders didn't even understand that there's an inverse relationship between prevalence and severity of viruses. Like a, a, a bad virus that's very stupid kills very quickly. SARS-CoV-1 was that, Ebola is that. Um, this is a little more, uh, um, this, this SARS-CoV-2 has a little more survivability uh, instincts. So it's, it's mild for most everybody. And it only affects people with very uh, low life expectancy anyway. We know this now, but the models didn't know that. So if, if it were up to me, what, what would I have done? I mean, that's, I would have done what they did in 68 and 69 and 57 and 58 uh, during the Hong Kong flu and the Asian flu was quite deadly viruses, which is keep society functioning normally. Like if you can't have a normal functioning society, you can't deal intelligently with, with disease. The New York Times in 57, 58 ran one editorial on the Asian flu. They said, there's a flu and it's quite deadly and very scary. Take care. If you get sick, see your doctor. Uh, don't panic. Uh, tr trust your public health officials to, uh, to manage this well. Otherwise, live your lives. And so out of that, you know, we had a normal life in 57, 58, 49, 50, 52, and so on. Um, and, and 68, 69, you know, the, the uh, Hong Kong flu, which is quite deadly. It actually targeted young people. What did the young people do? They went to Woodstock. All right, so you know, you gotta have a functioning society in the course of uh, of, a, of a pandemic. I mean, there's no other, 
There's no other option. Suddenly these lockdowns and this, this gamification of our lives in which you are treated like an agent-based model mm -hmm. in a computer program, it's not working. And I think it's disgraceful. Okay, well, here's, here's my, I'm, can, can I say something, John, that I'll let you in? Because yeah. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just curious how much of this is fair, would you say is, is somewhat, could, could be fairly, could somewhat fairly be called Monday morning quarterbacking in the sense that there's no proof now, as you say, that the lockdown saved in a single life. Mm -hmm. But in March, nobody was saying lockdowns are not going to save a single life because the, the underlying common sense was so compelling, which is that if, look, if I just lock myself in my bedroom, I'm not going to get it. If everybody locks themselves in their bedroom, they're not going to get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the lockdowns had their problems, obviously. But as you say, um, I mean, if, if the nursing homes had locked down, then maybe they wouldn't have, it wouldn't have gone through the nursing homes as it did, you know? I, 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 get, your, I, get, I, I get your point. There's a sort of an intuitive idea that if, you, uh, if you're vulnerable, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get it. Um, uh, but so the problem is that once, once uh, politicians got involved and imposed that policy on the entire society, then people who shouldn't have been locked down were suddenly locked down. The businesses were destroyed that shouldn't have been destroyed. The, the weirdest thing, um, so by the way, I've been against lockdown since January 27th. That was my first article about it. And then March 8th when they canceled South by Southwest. I, I thought oh, this whole thing was outrageous all along. <clears throat> Even on March 12th, where I was briefly, uh, hey, Talit, come over here. This is my good friend, right? So, so Talit and I were hanging out in New York together. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and did I shake your hand when I left you off the airport? No, I did not you shake know. your hand. I was a little bit scared to shake his hand, right? So like, what the hell? <laughs> I otherized the disease. I was like, oh, you got it, I don't. <laughs> we asked you though. Yeah, so we gathered up and we shook hands. <laughs> so even for a moment, I blinked, you know, just slightly on March 12th. But uh, it was March 13th when I took you back to the, uh, to the airport. But, um, but, but so I think there was an element of panic. I felt it just for about 24 hours, then I... It came to my right mind. The problem is, <clears throat> over the course of the 20th century, we learned something about the immune system. You know, this is not 1250, uh, 1375. You know, bubonic plague and so on, where they just ran away from the miasma. We learned that our immune system is a little bit like, um, like a like an app on your phone, like a smartphone app that you need to update and upgrade in light of new information. The new information coming to us as a pathogen, we, had, we have to upgrade our immune system to incorporate it within ourselves so that we can get stronger and develop uh, immunities to it. That's the kind of deal that we've all made endogenously and evolutionary. We've made a deal with disease. We'll dance with you uh, and we understand that some people will die, but we can also build civilization uh, and go to Broadway, go to theater, listen to comedy, go to the comedy clubs and so on. So that, that's a kind of a social contract we've made with, with pathogens. And something happened in the 21st century where we forgot about this um, deal that we made with, with viruses that, that worked for the most part of the 20th century. We just got, I think it was just crazy, you know? And, and imagine that, that we could have a, a big central plan and, and make disease better. And you talk about the empirical evidence. I'm, I'm very interested in it because lots of people have done these fancy people with fancy uh, statistical programs have, have looked at, at states that locked down versus those that didn't. And they find no statistical uh, difference at, at all in, um, <clears throat> in disease prevalence and death, none. No, there's like no correlation whatsoever. Forget causation, you can't even prove 
correlation. Even in this country, you know, we had certain states that never locked down, like South Dakota. I mean, do you know this? You know this governor her, there. Her name is Christy Nome, and she's funny, right? Uh, she's a very interesting person. But she's been advertising: come to South Dakota. We have normal life. Have your motorcycle conventions here. You can hang out with people. You can saddle, saddle up to the bar and drink a beer. You know, so she's doing very well. And real estate prices in South Dakota are, are going through the roof, which is pretty funny. So I think the whole country should have been like South Dakota or Sweden, something like that. I, I just don't think there's any justification in getting rid of normal life, getting rid of uh, Broadway baseball. And Go ahead, John. You, you have two minutes uninterrupted. Yeah. <laughs> with, with all due respect, and I, I mean, I know that I've not read the big words that, that you read. I actually, those big words, I think you should make another book out of those. Just read them softly. You could probably make an ASM, ASMR book. Just reading, those, that, that could be a separate book. You could get some money off of that too. But with all due respect, saying that I think the rest of the country could be like South Dakota yeah. is insane. It's South Dakota. You know what I mean? Like yeah. South Dakota is a lockdown. There's no one there. There's literally no one there. The whole fucking state is a permanent lockdown. Now, when they did have, was that South Dakota or North Dakota that had the biker convention? That was South Dakota, yeah. And now South Dakota has the fucking highest whatever rate literally in the country as soon as they got a couple of people there together. So was it a lockdown before? Yeah, because there's no fucking body in South Dakota. As soon as you got some people there, what do you get? You get an explosion. And just the eye test, I'm not a doctor and I'm not some guy who read these fancy books, but there's no one. First of all, I shoot skits every day. These guys can tell you that I put on my Instagram. Me and my friends stopped shooting skits because I have a lot of friends who are West Indian who work in those goddamn hospitals yep. that were overrunning like a toilet bowl that is about, that is bubbling up to the top. Where, where the, is this? In, in New York? In the yes. Bronx? In Bronx. Yes. And then they yeah. built those tents in Central Park. That's right. Because it was about to spill over outside of the hospitals, literally, until the lockdown. The only thing that saved those tents from not being filled up in Central Park, like I said, was the lockdown. I don't know what the, the, you know, I don't have all the data that this, that, but my eye test from what my yeah. friends are going through who are in the medical profession, who were crying in my phone every night, like yeah. you can't believe what this hospital looks like until there was a lockdown, the hospitals were overrun. Yeah. Well, you know, there, were, there, were, there were two or three that were overrun in the Bronx and, and Brooklyn, I think. Um, there was about 48 hour period when they were running it. All of the black problem. For us, it looked like hell until yeah. the lockdown. I, I have a friend. A lot of my, I lost three friends. It was only the lockdown that I had friends stop dying. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know what well, book. What I, book I, I will bring one stat to bear, and I, I'm sure Mr. Tucker has more to say on it. But one of the, listen, nobody knows. You know, you look at Sweden. Um, and, and uh, I mean, there's plenty of countries that haven't locked down at all that had almost, you know, very, that have handled this just with discipline of, of social distancing, masks yeah. and all that, Japan, Korea. Um, but um, the, one of the statistics that did come out was that medical workers were getting this at a lower rate than people locked down. That was one of the stunning statistics that came out, meaning that medical workers who were proper, properly wearing masks and washing their hands, but dealing with COVID patients every single day we're catching the virus less frequently than people who were locked down with, a, I guess, a false sense of security. So 
The I, counterfactuals are impossible. The fact that something stops at the same time something begins is a correlation. We don't really know. We just you would you would imagine that as people saw what was going on, they began like. Even if they didn't lock down, I don't think I'd be going to tight restaurants packed up against people without a mask. I, you know, I would do it on my own. So I don't know. But what is what is Mrs. Parker? Well, I'm not. But I'm not. I'm not saying that I believe. Oh, that's had enough of you, John. <laughs> Are we live again? We're good. I'm not saying that I believe that you need to lock down. I'm in full agreement. Believe it or not, with you, Noam, that I believe that if what? if people are con, I know. Imagine that. But I do believe that if people are wearing masks and you don't have to be 20 feet away from people, but a couple of feet away from people cognizantly and if at all possible, use some more of the patio space. But I do believe to stop what was us just walking around not knowing in the beginning, there was a correlation between that lockdown and people saying, hey, stop, this is what we're gonna have to do in the future. We're gonna to have to wear masks. We're gonna to have to wash our hands. We're gonna to have to keep a little distance when we're inside in small spaces. And I think you can go on with normal life. Just to be clear, John. Lockdown uh, uh, stop the, the overflowing of our of our hospital facilities here. John, I don't want to, should we keep with the toilet, uh, the toilet bowl analogy here yeah. and, and bring in a plunger into this situation or no? No, I, I, <laughs> I just want to say, I'm not against the lockdowns. I'm, I'm only, um, I don't think I need to be for them or against them. I'm, we're examining the 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 data and, and the arguments, and that's and I'm just giving the best here best airing of one of the arguments. I'm not. I'm, I don't know. You could put a gun to my head. I don't know whether the lockdowns were the right thing or the wrong thing to do. I don't think we'll know that until after this uh, is done. I have, I have, I, backwards. I really don't know. I have a couple of things to say. Once I am for the lockdown, I think. Uh, but two things. One in the third world countries, uh, Egypt, for example, where I came from. You know, there is no real lockdown. People not wearing, you know, a mask as much as they should. You know, life's still going on. And it's very small percentage of, uh, of uh, people. Uh, yeah, what do you make of that? I mean, there's certain countries, there's some mysteries out there, right? Like, look at, look at uh, Taiwan, right? Yeah. I mean, there was no lockdown whatsoever. Um, but that's a weird case, right? So, like, no lockdown. You can look at the stringency index and see that they were even less locked down than Sweden. Sweden had some restrictions on gatherings. Taiwan, there was nothing. Um, and, and very, very low infections and very, very few deaths. And the best, uh, so that's a, that's a weird one to me. Uh, the best speculation I've heard about that is that the population in Taiwan had a very, very bad break, outbreak of SARS-CoV-1 back in 2003. And that they got the immunities, and that there's certain cross immunities between the two coronaviruses. But a Africa in general, like where I'm from, is you know all the countries. Like luckily, this it's not it's not that bad, you know. And we don't have the sources or or the equipment or anything that but can help. But imagine how fast you could stunt this thing if you don't have some jackass in the beginning saying, "Hey, we don't really need masks." If everybody when you, you you see the goddamn thing coming, puts a mask no, on. No, John, that's that's clearly that's clearly not true because because at today, Europe has more uh, cases per million than the United States of America. The absence of Trump did nothing, zero to help Europe as an and and that's with a big big chunk of Europe being the Germans who are the most disciplined white people on the planet Earth. You know, so if you take if you take the, if you take the Germans out of it, you can only imagine what the so as much as I'm not defend I'm not defending Trump here, but again, 
the, the, it, it is very clear, I think almost indiscriminable, that unless you, unless you think America was going to be more disciplined than Europe, there is nothing about uh, the absence of Trump, which seems to have made any difference. Hey, but John, can I, John, let yes. me ask you, let me ask you a question, because like you said something that I, I hear this all the time, like we could have beat this thing, you know. So here's here's my question to you, uh, and it's, it's like a serious question, like where do you think the virus goes if you don't get it? Like if we all just don't get it, what what then happens to the virus? What do I think happens to the virus? I think that eventually it would be gone. I mean, if there was no host for it, what's it going to do? It's just going to sit there? It, I've not heard that this virus survives on surfaces for hundreds of years. John, I, 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 shelf life of a, of a couple of, of a couple of uh, I, twelve hours, sixteen hours, twenty four hours tops. Actually, I, I think that's correct. You know, a, a virus needs a body to host. No, 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 no. You can't. I mean, if you if you get it down to zero, yes. But the point is that I think what I think what exactly. I think what yeah, but I think what he's saying, listen, this everything that we have in America now started with, you know, a handful of cases and every day is the is day one of a new uh, cycle. And what he, I guess I think what Mr. Tucker said, correct me, is that yeah, so everybody stays home and then we kind of knock it down. Now we have two dozen people who maybe you have it. I say, OK. But it's not licked. And then 30 days later, we're exactly, which is what Europe is suffering right now. They're right yeah. back in the situation. Now, I, I predict Europe's going to have a whole lot less death than uh, we had, A, because of the, all the old people are dead, but B, because the experience of having dealt with it for six or eight months is certainly going to make the, the fatality rate lower, whether it's drugs okay. or just- Also, the virus weakens over time. You know, the more yeah. people it infects, uh, it it kind of gets smarter and gets weaker because yeah. yeah you're right the, the virus needs to spread you know what i would not want to live right now is new zealand right so they lock down like completely you know to the point that you know everybody's under house arrest for like you know six eight weeks and by the way the, the person who did that uh Ardern, um i forget jacinda Ardern, um you know thought she would just like beat the virus by by hiding from it right now you got a problem because new zealand really lives off tourism like 10 percent of the gdp is about tourism they can't ever allow our tourists in there uh, again. And then you've got a problem. You've got a whole population with a what's called a naive immune system, like versions uh, for the virus. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, John, forget about the toilet bowl. Think of your teenage daughter. You lock her up because she's a virgin. And as long as she's locked up, she's never going to lose her virginity. What do you think happens when she finally leaves the house? You think you've actually, you think you've actually knocked it out? No, she's going to get fucked as soon as you leave the house, John. This is the worst. That's, that's what the lockdown is. You're not, you're, is, just, you're just, you're just prolonging the inevitable. That's no, all. You that, this into something totally different. Yeah. No, that, it's good. No, it's not. It's kind of true. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to say like. A terrible what, analogy. It's yeah, not it a terrible, terrible analogy. Terrible. Two things though. Uh, one, you can, you can say it's a terrible analogy. That's a lot easier than telling me why it's a terrible analogy. But I'm going to tell you why it's a terrible analogy. <laughs> I, know what you're, I know what you're getting at. And I think I understand what Brother Tucker was getting at. What you're saying is that even if you do lock down, of course, there's going to be another case that is introduced into the population at some point in time. As soon as you come out of the house, you're right back where you were. Right. So so I'm not, I, I, I'm not arguing that you could lock down the country and then coronavirus would die. I totally agree that it's going to somehow be reintroduced into the population, even if we got it down to zero, right? There's gonna be somebody that comes on a flight or something like that. But I do believe that if it's down to a reasonable number of people, 
you can track it and keep trying to slide those people off. Like to the they side did in Europe. Well, here, here, here's the thing. Here's like the they thing. like like they did in Germany. Right, but I think Germany is past their peak now that they were with all that experience right. and all that German know-how. No. They're in a terrible situation now. Don't, it, it sounds good in th John. It sounds good in theory. But we all agree on this that we as since the very onset of this thing, I'll tell you where I was standing at the bottom of the steps with Alicia, and Alicia said to me, "Oh my goodness, they just locked down." I think it was either Italy or Spain until the middle of May, right? Yeah. But keep in mind, we were around three weeks behind that. So we can talk about how bad Europe is right now, but up to this point, they haven't been that bad. So really what we should be thinking is three weeks from now, if we're in the shape that we're in now, where does that put us around Christmas? Yeah, I, I have two things to say quickly. Yeah, two things to say. First of all, the lockdown is not so people don't get the disease. The lockdown is not enough, so not enough people get the disease until we understand what the disease is, until we come with some kind of cure, until we come with some. So it's not only, yeah, now people will go back to life, people are gonna get it, but guess what? We do have some medication that work, proven, you know, that at least takes some time. We didn't have that in the beginning, so we needed to, everybody to stand still until we understand it. We're, we're better I at never, it now. I, I never believed that the lockdown and just, just, just so you guys understand, I don't believe that the answer is lockdown either. I thought that the answer to a lockdown is kind of like during a basketball game where things are going fucking crazy. The other team is getting a bunch of buckets in a row. You call a timeout. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is what we're going to do when we step back on the court. Yeah. We're going to get some tests. You guys exactly. are going to wear a mask. You're going to socially distance. That's what I think a lockdown is for. I don't think it's a permanent solution, nor do yeah. I think it's going to kill the virus. That, that was exactly so, my point. Well, let me show you guys something. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to admit that um, I chose linear as opposed to logarithmic or whatever. But there's, there's different ways you could show this thing and make it uh, not look as bad. But, it's, but there's, certainly nothing, there's certainly nothing fake about what I'm showing here. Hmm. This is uh, from the Financial Times. See that, John? See the blue line there? Yes. See how it's how it's departed from the United States? Yes. I mean, look at that. Look how low Europe was here. Right. This is the time when the last theory was it's, it's down low. We can contact trace, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, can you is get the number? No, I can you get the that. number of death? Because Ooh. this is the number of people infected. This is that means nothing. Because you can have it for nothing. You no, know. I, think, I think there's well, a lot of data there. Based, based on, no, so no, let, leave that up. Leave that yeah. up. I want to, okay. I want to, I want you, I, I think this is very valuable. So go to uh, where, uh, like the 1214, yeah. right? Here. So yeah. this is what I mean about Europe being there, right? And we're always three weeks behind it. What I think happened there at that 12140 is the cold air came, Europe goes back inside, and then we see that thing take off. So I believe that we're behind. So where the United States is now Imagine what our curve is going to be when we reconvene. Okay, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. But, but let me put it a different way. And then I'm going to bring something else and I want to know Mr. Tucker's opinion on it. So what, what I'm saying is that if, if Europe suffered all these this time, they were, they were losing money. They were, I mean, it was just horrible for them all in there. I said, okay. And now after all that, they, they start to come out of a little bit. And in a month's time, they find themselves here. And they say, what the fuck were we putting all that time in for just to find us so why if we we're going to be here maybe we should have been maybe we should have just dealt with this number of cases back here and been done with it so with sweden essentially but here's my question 
there as we are um we're in a different situation now. as we see a vaccine with our plain eyes we're close to it does the calculation become different saying well whatever we did or didn't do right back then we've come this far let's just hold tight for another couple of months rather than you know and 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 just wait until the vaccine at this point at first it was about bending the curve yeah. And that was bullshit, that we had immediate mission creep. As soon as we bent the curve, people said, well, now it's no longer about bending the curve. Now we're just going to stay this way forever. And That's maybe like, we, did, we did make a mistake maybe staying that way forever. And but forever slow, is here. Slow the spread. And in New York, there's signs that say, stop the spread. It's like, oh, you're going to yeah. stop the spread. How are you going to stop it? Yeah. How are you going to do that? So it's getting a little, a little bit of, uh, out, of, out of hand. But, you know, here's the problem with the vaccine idea. It's like not a problem. First of all, we don't know when it's coming, right? There's a lot of these tests, of, these uh, trials have not gone well. You know, Pfizer already took a couple of them uh, uh, out of testing because of some, some bad effects. So we don't really know when this vaccine is going to come. The other problem is that uh, Sunetra Gupta told me something. I, I suspect it was true, but I never had the, like, the, guts to ask anybody and she said it like during a cocktail hour over here at the house you know when she was here she said that natural immunity naturally acquired immunities are safer and more effective than vaccines now, i've never heard anybody actually say that before so and she said it was like offhand as if it's just an epidemiological truth or, or a immunological truth uh, naturally acquired uh, immunities are safer and more effective now given that covid sars one has a survivability rate of for everybody under the age of 60 of like 99.998%. Uh, percent. I mean, aren't you better off actually getting the virus than, than, than uh, getting an untested uh, vaccine? My opinion, and we should all make our own judgments, right? My opinion is I'd rather have, I'd rather have SARS-CoV-1. I'd rather get COVID than, uh, than risk a, a vaccine that I don't know. But, but, but two things. First, I, they I said you don't, I mean, you, if, even if you have COVID, you don't develop immunity against it until three to six months based on uh, Amsterdam University and other universities, even if you got it, you only got it for six months, uh, immunity, if that, you know. That's, that's uh, really but the clear. interesting part- clear. I mean, like, like- Go ahead. There's still a lot of studies to be done on that. So it would also be the first virus in the history of the world that didn't generate- Yeah, know, but, um, but you know what? What's very interesting, we had a guest in this show, a doctor, and uh, Noam was not in that show, so it was a really good show. Um, and. <laughs> Uh, and she said that we, as somebody, I think Boris was asking her, like, is there a downside to washing hands a lot, using sanitizers all the time? And she's like, yeah, even for the kids, because your body developed immunity against certain things, but now you're not because you're using these things over and over, which is very interesting to me, you know? That is interesting. I mean, this principle of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger may generally be true for, for viruses, you know? Uh, uh, and and maybe it's a risky way to live, but hey, life is risky. You know, that's kind of the way I look at it. So I, I want to go back to what, what something you based one of your arguments on just now, because I don't I don't quite agree with you. you. You said correctly, we don't know where the virus, what, where the vaccine is going. Pfizer is suspended, although I think in other countries they didn't suspend. Them. But anyway, but I think that we are right now at a time when it's pretty imminent whether we will know which way it's going. In other words, they're, they're in the last phase of testing. If people are getting sick and they have to go back to the drawing board, we're going to know that in a few weeks. Or yeah. if this is, So right now, I think it would not be wise to make any sudden moves just right now when we're on the verge. And then if, and if, that, if that fizzles and it turns out that we're, well, no, now we're looking at another year, you know, the, the, we, we, back to the drawing board, 
then I think, yeah, I think that everything you're saying is right. Uh, uh, let me just tell, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, uh, okay, I got 15 minutes left on this battery, so I have to be quick. But uh, we had the, our camera broke. We had to buy a new one. It sucks. The, the I just want to tell you something real quickly because I, I I never really quite thought about about this before. This comes from Martin Kuldorf, and I hope he doesn't mind my citing him on this because he told me it, you know, over over a glass of wine. So here here's the problem. Um, why do vaccines work? Va vaccines don't build like a wall around you and make you somehow like, it's not like a shield, right? From the virus. What it does is it, it upgrades your immune system. So it gives you a little bit of, of COVID so that your body goes, oh man, that's, that COVID shit sucks. I'm going to uh, uh, get better at fighting that thing. So in other words, you have to have a functioning immune system in order for the vaccine to actually even work on you. The problem with most of the people, like 94% of the people who have died from COVID, is they died because they didn't have functioning immune systems. If you think about that, that's actually kind of alarming. I mean, so, so, the, so, so, so the people who need the vaccine, it might not even work for because they don't have good immune systems, right? Now, the people who have good immune systems probably don't need the vaccine because they're going to fight it anywhere, be asymptomatic. So imagine like two circles. Okay, don't need it, doesn't work. There's an overlap there. It's probably, a, I don't know who those people are, but it's probably probably people like me. I'm 56, right? Um, maybe I'm the, maybe I'm the target audience for this thing, right? But it's not it's not that many people compared to the general population. So that's <clears throat> that's actually a serious issue. And I've never seen I've not seen anybody discuss this. And I, here I'm hearing the top epidemiologists at Harvard tell me this over cocktails. I'm like, holy, that's some that's some serious stuff right there. It, it is serious. I think that unfortunately, which is why I said I'm not I'm not anti-lockdown. I totally get what the purpose of it was. I think it was misused. But I think, like you said, I've not heard anyone discuss this. These to me, the, the scariest part about this thing is, especially the way that it's affected our business in particular, is that we're not having those conversations. We're still having these childish conversations over to mask or not to mask. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. When we should be finding populations that have moved indoors successfully and found out how we can do that, how we can move the ball forward versus having these kiddie conversations. Let's all mask up. Let's all distance as, as we can and find out how to get life back on track yeah. safely without these hospitals being overrun. Look at Wisconsin. There should no longer be a hospital overrun. We know enough about this thing that we don't have to stay indoors. I'm not for fucking a lockdown. And we should be able to, the people who can be out in public, all those of you who can safely be out in public should be allowed to go back out in yeah. public right now. Yeah, 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 I agree with I'm that. I Mr. Tucker, you you're, you're a libertarian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. so in a, in a few minutes we have left, tell us a, just a few a few easy questions. Yeah. How do we uh, how do we solve global warming? <laughs> what you want me to solve global warming? <laughs> in, in, in less than fifteen minutes. I'm being facetious, but I'm sure that you have uh, uh, some pretty sophisticated private uh, free, free market ideas about global warming, right? Uh, you know, you know, it's a funny thing because I write about a lot of topics. <clears throat> I never really, I don't know why, but it, like I was never really intrigued by that topic, and really, I was never really. Uh, I didn't really, really read that much about it, you know, so I'm just not sure. I, I have my doubts, although, uh, about all these kind of big government plans, big 
government plans to to change, you know, to mitigate viruses and 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 change uh, the uh, climate. You know, so I'm, I'm just naturally suspicious of politicians and bureaucrats, basically. And and these days, really suspicious of these computer computer models. So, you know, these and these puffed up science guys. You know, these 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 people who, who imagined uh, that they would uh, lock us lock us down and control the virus. You know, they wrote the papers in 2006, right? And and I've not heard a word from them. One of them is Robert Snow and his 14-year-old daughter Laura, you know, a, a scientist at Los Alamos Laboratory who first imagined this homogeneous agent-based model of of, uh, of universal lockdowns, right? He's not said a word for seven months. He's completely disappeared. The other guy, Carter Meacher, right? This guy at the VA. He's the one who who persuaded us, persuaded the administration and public health officials all over the country, shut down all the schools, even though there's almost zero risk for kids. He's the one. You know what he's said over the last seven months? Nothing. I hope he does. He's probably not sleeping well at night, right? Look what he did what, to the world. What about the British guy who told us all to lock down then they caught him banging his, uh, having an affair and banging <laughs> the, the, the girl and the- oh, yeah. Where do you get your news, Norm, from? I don't, I don't like- what, you know, what, This is, this is major news. <laughs> he's talking about professor, he's talking about Professor Pants Down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have like a, a name out of Captain Underpants. I Captain have a question for you, Mr. Tucker. Would you would you run for the Libertarian Party uh, for a presidential candidate? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's funny you use this term libertarian. I, I even don't even use that word anymore. I, I consider myself just a, like a like a like straight up a liberal. Uh, libertarians are, you know, God bless them, but I don't think they have a real political party. I'm sorry to say that, but it's I don't think it's real. Can, can we can we uh, how much time we got? Can we talk about one thing? Is it because uh, I want to get John upset before he leaves? Uh, can we talk about one thing? One thing racially? I actually don't think this is going to upset John. Uh, I I don't think it will. I think he might even somehow you will make it. I I stay upset. So fire away. Well, I've you know I've been thinking a lot about you know obviously everybody's been thinking a lot about race lately, and I was imagining running for mayor, and and I was like, what would my pitch be to to, to the to uh to run for mayor? And I, my pitch to the black community would be the following. I would point to everybody to the left of me and I would say, they think you can't do it. Mm -hmm. You're not doing well on the tests. You're not getting into the gifted high schools. What do they wanna do? They wanna get rid of gifted high schools. You're not doing well in the SATs. They wanna get rid of the SATs. Whatever, they, they, they rewrite, they, um, uh, in, you know, um, hard work, punctuality, all these things. They're redefining these concepts as white supremacy. Now, anything that they can, that you, anything they can point to that where there's a disparity, they define it out of existence. Why would they do that if they thought you could do it? Because I'm actually quite offended by it. That if I were mayor, I would have a fucking Manhattan project to try to help black children or any children, but it's, you know, in public schools, it's gonna be mostly black children, do better on these tests and stuff like that. The notion of defining them out of existence, you only do that if you lose faith in the fact that the kids can't do it. And I would tell you one of the stories. So I, I, you know, I raised Nicholas, you know, Nicholas, John, I think you know Nicholas, Juanita's son. And yeah. he's, he's black, a half black, which counts as black. Um, and he was going, he had, he had some uh, ADD stuff and he was going to the Lowell School, which is supposedly one of the greatest, you know, schools for kids like that. And I don't know if he's here. And every year he was learning nothing. And we wanted him to take the Regents, get a Regents diploma. And they kept double talking us and you know, essentially saying, hey, he can't get a Regents diploma, blah, blah, blah. And I got so angry. I took him out of school over his mother's objection. 
and I put him into regular Ardsley Public High School. Hmm. And you know, this kid got over a 90 on his trig regions and like an 89 on the American history regions. So when I'm saying I lived, I'm like, if I listen to the experts, they thought he could not do it. So what were they going to do? Rather than give him the, the, the regents tests, they say, no, you're not going to take the, this is how we're going to handle you. You're not going to have to take the regents test. Why? Because they thought he couldn't do it. And I think that would reverberate very much with black families. Like, don't fucking tell me my kids can't do it. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're in charge here. You make them do it. You help us to get them to do it. And if that requires obligations on the part of the parents, then spell them out to us. You know, whatever, whatever we have to do. But don't, but don't just get rid of the standards. Yeah, Am man. I wrong? I'd say keep your day job, but I like <laughs> but, but you, But you agree with me, right? But I fully agree with you. Yeah, I thought oh, you would. No, no for me. I'll tell you, I'll take it a step further. You know, in I uh, in in at uh, CSU, I had a uh, one of my majors. I had three majors, but one of them was economics with a with an emphasis in poverty. But in the yeah, in the the last day of class, people are voting on welfare, whether to um, to increase welfare, keep it the same, get rid of it. So there's I don't know. There's twenty something votes to increase it, maybe four votes to decrease it, one vote to get rid of it. So the professor, of course, oh. with who the fuck voted to get rid of welfare? This guy. Oh man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> because I was the one that was saying, now I don't think that it should happen now because there's a lot of barriers. But my argument was the same as yours, Noam. Black people are some of the most creative fucking people on earth. All we want is to remove the barriers yeah. so that we can find our way. Stop coming up with these sneaky things that get, get in the way, like just like what we're going through right, right now with the voting. This 10-hour lines, all we want is stop doing that type of shit on a daily basis, and we'll find our path. No, I'll tell you one thing that I want, I don't want, I don't want, I want the professor, but I want to, so one of the two things I think uh, I just want to say, first of all, one of the reasons I think I think this way, and a lot of these white ultra liberals don't is because I actually know black people I actually spent my whole life around black people. I, I told you, I went to, I've gone to weddings of like woke white people. The only person of color at the wedding is Juanita. Like, you know, they, they, they black people are something they read about in books. It, it's really, it's pathetic in a way. Number one, number two, even the voter, um, uh, uh, the, the laws about uh, trying to keep voting down. What do you, voter, what the voter fuck suppression. Is, voter suppression laws. Um, I'm not for voter suppression, obviously, but there was something that really troubled me about an argument, which at its, at its core, was, the pillar of it was, you can't expect black people to get a picture ID. It's like, really? Like, you, you, can't, you can't take that out of the argument. At some point it's reduced to, you can't really expect black people. And I have like, every black person I know gets a picture ID. Right, but like, I, totally, I, totally dis, I totally disagree with you. I'm saying, I, the, that, see there again is, but the, but the, the intent of- Yeah, the intent is fucked up. The is, but, yeah. it, but, but I'm saying, that's, I, was trying to, I was trying to bring that up, maybe it wasn't clear. Regardless of the intent, at the end, the belief can't, you couldn't worry about it unless you thought at some point, black people are not gonna be able to get picture IDs like white people, well, you, uh, you, otherwise you wouldn't care. You should worry about it because the next thing you're going to say is, oh, black people can drive 200 miles to vote. You can just keep on putting barriers. No, no, I, but I'm saying, so, I, so, uh, I, go ahead. So let, let the professor in. Yeah, before, before we go, I want to ask uh, Mr. Tucker something. Uh, do, you, do you think uh, it would have changed if have the Democrat been in charge than the Republican? And where do you see the lockdown 
and uh, after know, the, the election. The, poli- the politics of this stuff is uh, the most strange to me, right? Because like every white wing, right wing guy I knew in February is like an apocalyptic. They're like, God is punishing us for, for our sins. This disease is going to wipe us all out. They were the ones panicking, right? There's all freak out among the right wing. Meanwhile, like the middle, uh, like the New, Re- New Republic, you know, kind of slate, uh, Psychology Today, Washington Post, you know, sort of center left was like, can everybody just calm down? All right, this is a virus. We'll take care of this virus like we take, take care of everything else. That's where we stood in like, like late February. The sides were switched, right? And then something happened by middle of March. They, they went the other direction. Suddenly the right wing was saying, oh, this is no big deal. The left wing was saying, we're all going to die. So I don't really understand the, the, the politics of this. Um, it's been really weird to me. And, 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 and now, I mean, you, I think you'd have to just be naive to not think that some of the, uh, some of the hysteria out there today is being generated by a kind of, a, you know, the Trump derangement, you know, uh, problem, which is my main point in my book. We should not have ever politicized this disease. We should have treated it as a medical problem, not a political problem. That's the main message of my book. Because look, look what we've done to ourselves. Now we can't even have rational discussions anymore. You know? He's right. It's crazy. How do you not see this through a political lens when the leader of the free world is saying that it's a democratic, it's, it's them coming after me, as opposed to what most leaders, even unlike leaders did around the world, where you saw their popularity go up by 20 points because they were like, we as a group are going to get through this. This isn't them attacking me. He drew a line in the sand. Oh, yeah fucking thing early. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And by the way, it was Trump who who stopped flights from China, which I object to, and Trump who stopped flights from Europe. You remember that? It was March 12th, he gave a big address to the nation. He's like, no more flights from Europe. I was like, oh yeah, who made you dictator? Like, I've never heard of such a thing, right? And how many people came in on those flights of that semi-ban that he had? There were 50,000 people still. And and by the time he got to the Europe ban, they said most of the virus had come from Europe. Oh, of course, we virus had been here since January. And that Monday and Tuesday after the ban went in and went in place, you saw the airports, right? The customs and uh, you know, at and immigration services at all no, the man. international airports, they were smashed. There were people standing close to close, you know, like next to yeah. each other for eight hours, can't even go to the bathroom. Like and, a rock, it was like a rock concert. Yeah, you, in you the know, you know, of a pandemic, right? You know, you know, two things quickly. I usually don't disagree with John, but you know, I don't like that he says uh, that Trump with the mask is uh, was the real th- problem, but his leadership, which is I agree with a little bit, but we all know the real reasons. And we not, you know, discuss Hasidic Jews. Is that what you're getting at? The Hasidic. Yes. By the way, no. You know, um, it's 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 so much it's so much it's so liberating to be able to talk about the Jews as the problem because I'm. Am I that predictable? But um, back in February, uh, and I said I think it was on this show, and I I got worried. I might have even I might have even cut it out of the show because I was so nervous about it. I I recounted that I told my staff not to shop at B&H um, because I just had the presumption, I know my people, that they were going to be not being very cautious, you know, and I didn't want to fuel anti-Semitism. And I actually have affection for the Hasidic community, but I know, you know, reality, truth is truth. And sure enough, it spread like wildfire in the Hasidic community, but also in the Black and Hispanic communities. And, and there's a lot of, like the New York Times did a whole um, article going neighborhood by neighborhood 
scoring how many people were wearing masks. And like, like the Asian neighborhoods, like Flushing, it was 99%. And then you get down to- and that like was before the virus. Minority too. neighborhoods and probably Hispanic <laughs> neighborhoods. And it was like 45, 50%. And that tells you everything you need to know. I no, mean, but no, the Jews were the only, Hasidic Jews were the only people that were gathering in crazy numbers like this. Don't oh, really? Like that? Black Lives Matter protests? Well, those were white people. Yeah, that's well, no. True. No, I'm saying no, no, they're white people too, but I'm saying like you know they're not the only. But um, the point is that in the end, we're different, and I think maybe that's what makes America great. We're not we're not very good at at you know uh, um, unified disciplined oh, so behavior. True. I run, so first true. of all, first of all, I posted a video that I took down yesterday. It's a guy screaming at this Hasidic guy. I didn't think the joke was that he was screaming at a Hasidic guy. I thought the joke was that this guy is so ridiculous he's screaming out his car window. But I had somebody hit me up and say, "Hey, John, you know that that looks like you're you're hating on." So I just took it down. I don't. I don't. That's not. Yeah, you don't want. You don't want to be canceled. Right. Well, not you can't even, get canceled. He's black. Yeah, not, even, not even that. I'm just. That's just not my brand of humor. Yeah. To be. You know what I mean. The, the, but but yeah, let, on the other hand, but John. I but take a lesson times. from that. What's that? When you see how the Jews can be um, too sensitive, misconstrue a meaning, not able to laugh along at a joke. Uh, we're all, every group is, is susceptible to that reflex. And we'd all be better off if we kind of had thicker skins as a, if we're going to be a multi-ethnic nation. We got to, we got to allow a little bit of just sucking it up and, and, you know, not assuming the worst about people. You joke. know what I would like to see? I would like yeah. to see some data on, on death in Hasidic communities uh, by age demographics relative to the rest of the population. I've heard it's low. Somebody told me that, that it's all low. Right, so maybe they didn't do it wrong. Uh, I've I've been counting actually for different reasons, different studies. But <laughs> well, they, they also have they also but but this is it. I think you I'm guessing, but I think it's true. They also have a very very low average age. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yes, because they have 10, 11 you have kids. To, you have to consider that, and you have to like like Sweden. You know, they had a very pretty high death rate relative to their neighbors. But you could uh, yeah, I got to wrap it up. But but you could see the age demographics completely different. Like the above 70 population is 16% or 20% in Sweden, only 16% in Norway. So that might account for the whole difference. You know, also, you gotta be precise. You gotta be precise and scientific about it. You're an economist. Yeah. You understand compound interest. Yeah. The fact is that even some random super spreader event that, that has no rhyme or reason to it will ripple through a, a curve and and have it and show a tremendous result that is that you can draw no conclusion about. It's just noise, yeah, but it's that's right. amplified. That's yeah. right. I, know, I know, Mr. Tucker, you gotta go. Uh, would no, you like no. to share? Yeah, your information? my camera's about to die. Yeah. Would you what? like to share your information uh, and uh, people want to follow you in uh, social? Oh yeah, media? yeah. Look, just get get my book. It's on uh, Amazon, Liberty Lockdown, and you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Jeffrey A. Tucker. Where hey, are you thanks. located? Uh, I'm in I'm in uh, the Berkshires here in Western Mass Western Massachusetts. Do you ever come to New York? Oh yeah, I was just there a couple of days ago because I you did. Got, uh, when we reopen, you got to come down to the comedy cell and hang out with us. You know, I would love to. Maybe I'll even get funny. No, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> don't let John. Don't go into John. Hey, thanks. It was really a lot of fun. Thank you all so much. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Right. Thank you. Appreciate John, it. wait, John, hold on. Um, what else? What's up with you, John? What else? Um, nothing, man. I am. I am sitting around, fully depressed. Yeah. I was I was up for a writing job that uh that fell through last night and that is ah. and I've been waiting on this job for two years. Um so I was supposed to be writing on the show last season and then this season came up and then I, I got the call man last night and it just sent me into a spiral. Just I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that.
And especially right now, it would be great to have that. You know what I mean? And not be out here on some goddamn unemployment with a bunch of closed comedy clubs like this is devastating now. I mean, you know, first I lost Australia. I was supposed to be out there for the month of August. I mean, April. And then that was just going to tie me over until the writing job. And now they're both gone. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm and, you know, I'm a pretty upbeat guy in general. So I, I'm not normally the guy to come on and be complaining about my woe is me. But uh, that hurt. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sorry about that, John. But we're all going through it. You know, we got goddamn heart surgery on here. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're out of a <laughs> four-packed. Uh, last night would have been 10 shows. So uh, I know we're all in the same boat, brother. No, I'm not. I wouldn't put myself in the same boat. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I'm, I'm losing. I, I've said this before. I'm losing so much money that if I told you how much money I'm losing, you couldn't feel, you couldn't feel sorry for me. But I have to, I mean, it's very, it, it, this is a uh, trying psychological time to be locked down. And you can almost start crying, just doing nothing. Um, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very difficult time, but I have to, uh, remind myself and I don't that um, I'm very very fortunate I'm, I'm not you know I'll be okay and I presume the club will open again and um, you know I, I I don't put myself in the same boat as other people and I'm, and I'm sorry that that you have to go through that yeah uh, so so no no for mayor um, I spoke to and, and yeah, it's a good day and by the way now that I know what you're going through John when we do reopen I'll try not I'll try not to remember that you said keep your day job go ahead <laughs> 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 I'll right. try. I'll do my best, John. But I'm only so, human. <laughs> so I'm serious right now. Okay, I'm I'm not kidding. I think you should run. I made I, I made some. I'm gonna run your campaign, FYI. I'm not. Um, I can't run. So, First huh? of all, I'll tell you why I can't run. First of all, I've actually, I believe, said the N word on a podcast when I was talking about it. Never called anybody. God forbid. I'm saying I, I think I actually said it when we were discussing it one day. So. Uh, that would be it, even though, you know, it's, it's absurd. I mean, it, you know, when I was a kid, there was no phrase, the N-word. So everybody said it when they were talking about it. But um, I think that that a lot, like, I don't want to go. What I'm saying is I don't want to go through that shit where people Listen, just find something that you said and, and try to pretend that you're something that you're not and find out that, you know, that you cheated on your girlfriend. It's like, that, that any, well, why would oh, anybody good want to go into politics in this climate? For, uh, okay. So hear, hear me out. So. We're still recording, FYI. Yeah. Um, hear me out. So to um, I spoke to uh, Tony Dara actually gave me some. He's really for it, actually. You only need 7,200 signatures, you know, and that's that's just the comedians that work at the comedy. I, I have Italian guys who can get me that tomorrow. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the last one run as a Republican didn't even wasn't contested. He won primary right away. But I don't know if you're going to run as a Republican or Democrat, you know. I think you should run as a Jew, but I, I think I think that um first of all what do I know about being mayor I mean I, th I think I can be pretty good at it but the truth is who would suffer for it besides the New Yorkers um my my family my family would would well, lose and, me. come on and, man. and I can't on, you know first of all it's a win-win situation if you win we have friends at the mayor office if you lose we cannot stop laughing about it so I mean like <laughs> <laughs> so it's but, a win-win but, but, but I do I do want to say that one of the reactions I've had to all this wokeness is just a sense of all the energy that's going into accomplishing nothing. So this guy, Jason Flom, who's a, you should look him up, who, you know, he was involved. They freed a guy 
in Louisiana, I think, a black guy who was in jail for life for stealing some hedge clippers. This guy did 20 years and he was going to be there for the rest of his life. And, and these people put their energy into getting him freed. I mean, this is real oppression, you know, like, like, and there's people who put their energies into really mattering, you know, helping under the radar, getting a guy out of jail who's there for life, who was innocent or put there for something, you know, something ridiculous, like stealing hedge clippers. It was his third offense, but all three minor offenses. And these, you know, other people are spending around to impress, hanging around to impress their friends, screaming about some phrase like sexual preference, which the day before yesterday was perfectly okay. And now if you say it, but you didn't get the memo, you're some kind of bigot. And it's like, it's so offensive to me. And, and, and I, I feel this emotional thing welling up in me. It's like, I want to be, I want to be mayor and I want to be impervious to this nonsense and, and do what I can to actually help people. So why don't you do it? Be, for the reasons I told you, but somebody should like enough with this posturing and impressing your friends and enough with this, like I said, redefine, like pretending that the problem here is that we shouldn't have tests. Like, can you imagine what it means to no longer test? That's it. It's like giving up. Like somehow, I mean, the world, the earth revolves on truth. You can believe anything you want about the forces of nature and what really works, gravity, physics, math, whatever it is. In the end, the world is going to operate according to the, the truth, the laws of nature. You need to be able to do math. You need to be able to do science. You need to be able to read a book. You need to be able to have reading comprehension. You can redefine all those standards. And you're not going to help the people who didn't learn them. That's the no, truth. No, you're going to see a bunch running. of grownups who can't perform on a high level. And you can say, I did, it. I did them justice because I hid it. I, I swept it all under the rug by getting rid of all the tests and all the admissions and everything like that. I didn't actually teach them to do anything. I just made it impossible for anybody to know that they couldn't do it until they actually got out in the real world and were competing against people who could do it. And then lo and behold, gravity, gravity is actually there. It's so, it's so disheartening. Anyway, John, John would, you, would you be the official spokesperson for the campaign? Because I'm hiring already. I'm doing the campaign regardless if he's running or not. John, John, they, they would, come at John so hard, he, he throw me under the rug in no time. Would you, under, would under you the be bus. the spokesperson? And like, <laughs> it, we heard that Noam says that. And he's like, I know. Like, what the fuck? I would, I would, be, I would be a good spokesperson. I'm good in front of uh, my cameras. And I'm, and I'm very fast on my feet. Okay, so John is the official spokesperson. I'm running the campaign. Who else we need? I'm not gonna absolutely not. I mean, I'm 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 flattered and almost being. It's it's almost somebody I can see somebody rolling their eyes even hearing this conversation because who am I? But I'm I'm obviously not gonna do it. So what, I do, what, what what I do wish you, that somebody what, what would. would convince you to do it? I I'm really like really uh, optimistic about. And this. by the way, I do have this going, and I actually was John. No, I was actually against stop and frisk. You know, you despite. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, despite some right-wing things, I'm not, I'm pretty good on that. What's that? As your spokesperson, don't say that like- Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm saying it to you guys. Meaning so John, that John do you, how, how many votes do you think de Blasio got? To, this was mind-blowing to me, to win the last election. I don't know. Just a, like a range. Oh, boy. Two million? 700,000 votes to win the mayor. of. You mean that was the margin or that was the total number of votes? The total number. How many did his competitor get? 
Uh, I didn't look at that actually. Probably like three hundred. Yeah, but I mean, like, like there's eight million people in this city, you know. Obviously, that are two million of them work for Noam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, not that many that care. If it was only seven hundred thousand votes, that's uh, that's ten percent. You know, just like Robin Williams, no one's gonna say I did not sleep with that woman. I wanted to. <laughs> no, the 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 the, the left wing has bought into a a, a, a bunch of ideas which are not going to help people. They're not going to help people. Policing language and all this stuff and getting rid of standards. Let me let me say this in the in the defense of the left wing. Um, per my conversation with my professor at the end of that end of that course, and he and I used to go at it. Jewish guy. Good guy, but he, he and I used to go at it like you and I go at it in class. But I think that unfortunately, here I am the one voting, you know, scrap the welfare thing, whatever. I don't think that you could do that. I don't think it's practical right now. But I, I believe that black people are far, far, far more conservative than they ever have voted in this country. Far more conservative. I agree with you. I think that what happens on the left wing is you're having to vote to keep people on the right from destroying everything. And you never really hear the right taking any, um, any responsibility for the fact that their party is a party that a a right-leaning bunch of judges in North Carolina said that they were trying to, the voter suppression was done with a, they said a, um, a scalpel-like precision to cut black people out of voting. That's today. Okay, so two, two things, John. Where, where you see black people on the left is just protecting ourselves from those type of people, not voting the way we really want to vote, but you got to keep away from these things. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Two things. First of all, I would I would Google Vox.com because they did a real they did a real study and that you know it's a liberal outfit about voter suppression and they found that these voter suppression laws made no difference. But 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 here's my real point. Um, I agree with you, or I'm I'm ready to concede the point for the sake of argument about the national picture. But New York City, obviously, there is no uh, politics for a, a far right winger. What I'm saying is that in New York, you have a choice between a, a moderate Bloomberg, ver somewhere between a Hillary Clinton and a Mitt Romney type, you know, between the, uh, a centrist to the right of center Democrat and a, and a basically liberal Republican that, and a de Blasio. And, that, and that's, that's our spectrum here. And I'm saying that within the New York spectrum, the, 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 the ones that are winning right now and, and, well, let's, are let's, nuts. Let's go yeah. back to somebody who won before. Look at Giuliani. Look at what Giuliani, Giuliani was considered a, a very moderate Republican at the time. Right. Giuliani was pro-choice, pro-this, pro-gay right. rights. But, but, to, but, to, but to that point, right, he was considered a very moderate Republican. But listen to what he really thinks of Black people now. When you really get to hear the stuff that comes out of his mouth. does anybody, what, what has he said about Black people? You've not heard what he said that, 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 that Black Lives Matter is a bunch of people that hate white people and white men in particular. That's a quote from a guy who used to be the mayor of New York City. So imagine how inclined a more conservative person, pretty educated like myself is, to vote for some fucking Republican when that's what you really think of black people. Well. I don't want to defend Giuliani too much because I think he's become a madman. And um, 
but I, I will say if I'm if I'm if, just as a black person, who wants yeah. to vote for that party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I will say if, I'm talking about ideas, not the party. I, I would run as a Democrat or Republican. You know, I'd be happy to run as a Democrat and express the same ideas. I, I have no allegiance to any dumb party. But anyway, um, I'm just saying actually the ideas that I'm saying would be considered outside of them. But as far as Black Lives Matter goes, you know, I would criticize Giuliani big time for putting things in a way that shows no care. But having said that, um, there are many times when I hear people speaking for, certainly for Black Lives Matter, the organization, but just also for the more loosely defined Black Lives Matter group, saying things which do sound like they hate me. They're saying things that they do sound like they, they hate me, my business, I'm born guilty. Um, if, 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 if my building gets burnt down, you have insurance, it's only property, property can be replaced. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, you're, you're, the, you're, you're white supremacist. This guy, you know, you, you represent the white, whatever. I didn't actually call me a white supremacist. But, so, I don't think that most people in that movement think that. I, I don't know, but I, like th that movement, it's impossible to talk about because there's so many decent people fighting a righteous cause here. And I don't want to paint, I don't want to paint anybody with a broad brush. And that's what, that's what I really fault Giuliani for. But I also don't want to pretend that when I hear him say that, that I don't also understand what he's referring to because I've been very, very offended by some of the stuff that I heard where I really felt like It'd be all over for me. Like, you know, the, the mayor's out there um, repainting Black Lives Matter on the street while he was telling, while Ava was home alone counting fire extinguishers and boarding windows because the mayor had told everybody to stand down and the New York Times was tweeting, it's only property, you know? And, and so the, the truth is complex is what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm going to grant you the Giuliani thing because- I mean, just like, I'll tell you something, I'll give you an exa another example of Giuliani, which makes the same point without being racial. There's these, 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 these emails that, that are coming out now, which is more and more like they actually are Hunter Biden's. So, you know, if there's corruption in the emails or if it shows that Biden was lying, this is all fair game as far as I'm concerned. But Giuliani went beyond that. He seems to be gleefully talking about how they found really embarrassing pictures of Hunter Biden doing crack in, in untoward situations, humiliating. It's like, what the fuck is with you, Giuliani? All right, you know, if you can find some corruption in Joe Biden, by all means, but why are you happy about humiliating this guy who had a drug problem? I don't want to know about his sexual, I don't, it's like, it dirties me to know about stuff, this poor guy, like, you know, and you seem to be happy about this. That's telling you something about Giuliani. Wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. As does the president of the United States. Yeah, yeah, the president is a vulgar yeah. guy, absolutely. No, 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 I'm saying it's also basking in the, 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 the pain of Biden's son. Yes, yes, I said yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, so I can't, I can't defend that. And that's not a racial, so I'm saying that, you know, but, that, but that to me is, is not, a, it doesn't show a racial, thing about these ugly people it shows something deep even deeper and more broad about their character there's just right. something you vulgar know, about them here's the thing though known that you're yeah. missing yeah. the thing that you're missing is that there are so many white people that are willing to defend the indefensible and and, and on the left too 
Okay, well, we don't we don't see it as equal. So until we know that you're you're snatching kids from uh, uh, that are months old from their mothers, if if that doesn't upset you at all, and you can just say, oh well, whatever, whatever, then as people of color, we're like, you know what, we better stay on this side of the fence until these people stop defending. Okay, well, hey, listen, let me let me bring it back. You're, you're sucking me into a partisan debate, and I really tried very carefully to to not get into whether somebody has an R or a D in front of them. What I'm saying is that the, what I'm, the, the ideas that I'm expressing, which are conservative, which is saying that you're doing a tremendous injustice to struggling people by thinking, by, by trying to just obliterate the standards of achievement rather than devote all your attention to helping them meet those standards. Call a Republican, call a Democrat, whatever it is, that's that's all I'm, I, I, I would be considered out of step. I'm in full agreement with you. I know you are. And as a matter of fact, and what you hit the nail on the head, when, as I started to say it, and I've said this a few times lately, I, am, I have way more confidence when I say it to a black person that they're going to agree with me than when I say it to a liberal white person, because a black person has the confidence to agree with me because they're not afraid of being called a racist. And, and, they, and they, what black mother would say to themselves, no, no, no. Don't help my son pass the test. Just get rid of the test. No parent who loves their child thinks that way. Yeah. They don't. I, I but a white I, person, a fucking white liberal thinks that way. It's not I, fair I, to these people. I fully agree with you because I think that unfortunately what a lot of white liberal people don't understand is they're saying, hey, look, these people have had it tough. That's why we have to kind of uh, help them along. And the argument that black people are saying is, Quit putting up the barriers. That's right. Yeah. Stop with these fucking barriers. We'll figure it out. Stop with the roadblocks. Stop yeah. with the scalpel to make sure that we can't vote. Stop I, with, the, with, the, with the trying yeah. to make sure that the black kids go to this school and don't have access to the same thing that we have. Given a, if, if you equal the playing field, we're all for the race. Yeah. And by think, the way, you're echoing, I, you're echoing I, almost word for, not word for, but we're echoing very closely of a Frederick Douglass paragraph. I just read it in someone written an article yesterday. I mean, he was saying exactly the same thing. So he said, we're strong people. We'll, we'll do it. Just get rid of the, get rid of the obstacles. I, th I think uh, the last 10 minutes um, made me change my mind. John for mayor, Norm, <laughs> you're, the spoke, you're the spokesperson, Norm, and yeah. John is for mayor. Why don't you run for mayor, John? <laughs> Norm, you'll be a good spokesman too. Actually, there is some. There is some. Uh, a black man. Uh, somebody sent me an article. I didn't read the whole thing, but he's he's been very successful in business, and he is planning to run for mayor. I think, and um, he looked like a pretty good candidate. It'd be, be good to have. Listen, let's be honest. Uh, if if De Blasio was Hasidic, uh, he'd have a lot easier time going after the behavior of the Hasidic Jews, and it would be it would be good to have a a a a smart, competent black mayor right now. He, I mean, I mean, they more. did. We he also would have a lot bat. more latitude to, to do to, to speak bluntly about things. Yeah. We also Batman, they do good when they're in charge, you know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like on police issues, for instance, it, it would be much better to have a, a, a black mayor, I think. John for mayor. To discuss the nuances of of yeah. yeah. John for mayor. I yo, I, I wish that I could run for office. Unfortunately, uh, I am a, in recovery, so I have said a lot of foul things to a lot of people that I'm sure would come bubbling up in my I won't tell them, John. I won't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
Well, guys, that was awesome. We learned a lot about each other. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Do you want to share your information or anything uh, that you would like to promote? Um, absolutely, man. It's all normally, man. I normally do everything that I'm, you know, doing or is coming up. Uh, won't be any writing gigs, apparently, but just hit me at he was funny. I think it's in one of these corners I just put it. Yeah, he was funny. He was funny. Yeah. yeah, hit me at he was funny, and it's all there. And follow him on Instagram. He's great, and you'll get a great job. Uh, very soon because you're very talented. No question about that. By the way, there's no question mark at the end of he was funny in case you're... <laughs> <laughs> it's a statement. <laughs> and, uh, we, John, it's really good to see you. We're good. doing a live uh, election coverage on Tuesday uh, for the election from the Comedy Cellar all night. It's going to be so much fun. And we're going to beat CNN and Fox's asses uh, and we're going to cover it from a Jewish point of view. Guys, back at the club so we can link up so I can come down there when you guys are down there. I'm, I'm not coming down right now. I'm waiting. I got I, I have high-risk people living with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And by high-risk, he mean himself. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.